1: No purchase necessary. Void, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Tracy Swedlow, editor-in-chief and founder of Interactive TV Today, also called ITVT, a free email news and web publication that covers interactive and multi-platform television developments around the world. I founded the company in 1998. This show is called The TV of Tomorrow Show Live with Tracy Swedlow. Oh, obviously. (laughs) We also have a conference coming up called the TV of Tomorrow Show in March on the 11th and 12th, Tuesday and Wednesday in San Francisco, and the website is tvoftomorrowshow.com. You're welcome to buy a ticket. I. Okay, sorry about that. We're a little too loud. Uh, You're welcome to buy a ticket to that show. To subscribe to our twice-weekly email publication or hear about the latest speakers signing up for this radio show and conference, you can click over to our home page, ITVT.com, but we are going to be redesigning that page, so don't be scared off. Uh, to call in and ask questions today, please dial 646-595-4343, although we didn't do any promotion for this particular show because it was last minute, uh, and we appreciate Andrew being here, Andrew Solmson, I'll introduce momentarily. Um, Uh, I don't expect anyone to call in, but uh, anyone out there, you're welcome to. Part of our mandate is to offer all sorts of interesting and informative interviews with high-level business execs, creatives, and technologists who work at companies that are changing the medium of television itself and aggressively influencing the marketplace. Today, our special guest, as I said, is Andrew Solmson, Executive Vice President of Schematic, one of the best interactive design, and strategic content agencies in the world today. They have offices in Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Atlanta, and San Jose, and Costa Rica. Sounds like it's more of a resort resort office. There he leads client services and makes decisions with regards to campaign direction in what is more formally called engagement management. I'm sure he'll discuss what that is within the hour, as well as his thoughts on Schematic's new owner, WPP, and what makes a well-designed interactive TV ad campaign on all platforms. Since 1999, Andrew has worked on a number of projects, including those for cable, satellite, telcos, broadcasters, websites, and uh, many more companies. But previously to Schematic, uh, seems he also went to Namibia as part of the Harvard Institute for International Development, and I'm curious about that. So let's uh, welcome Andrew and to the show. My name is Tracy Swedlow. I'm your host.
0: Thank you, Tracy. It's great to be here.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for being here. Uh, before we go into everything about schematic, what were you doing in Namibia?
0: Well, I went to Namibia as part of the Harvard Institute for International Development and was working for an NGO, a non-governmental organization over there, primarily teaching English. And Namibia was became independent a few years before I went over there, and they had declared English an official language. Unfortunately, almost no one spoke English, so there was a tremendous need to teach, and so I taught everyone from Teachers and adults all the way down to 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th graders, and I think I had a class of ninth and 10th graders as well.
1: That sounds like a whole show in itself. You know, I'm curious, how do you teach English to, you know, to uh, people who you can't communicate with at all? I mean, I'm assuming you didn't know the Namibian language before going there?
0: No, although I, I did pick up some Afrikaans and some, some Damara, which uh, I like to amuse my wife by, by using the clicking languages from time to time. But no, mostly <laughs> teaching English as a second language is, uh, is, a, is a real mix of, of different skills. And although I didn't know it at the time, probably good, good skills to prepare you for business.
1: Well, that, that was, thanks for making the segue for me, but I was going to try and do that myself. But how, how does um, teaching English in Namibia translate to working in a big interactive design agency in L.A.?
0: Well, I think that we've seen several waves of uh, development in technology and and in what interactive projects look like and each time there's a new wave we're always talking with people who who need to be educated about what the possibilities are, what the pitfalls are and what the dangers are. So we're we're all speaking English generally when we're doing business at schematic, although it is often feel it often does feel like a, a second language, as we're trying to explain all the different aspects that need to be uh, need to be thought about by our clients.
1: I know it is very difficult as a client to try to understand what the process is as a designer, um, how the designers view campaign and campaign extensions and all these ideas. Can you explain, you know, from the top down a little bit what Schematic does and what its philosophy is
0: in short? Absolutely. So, so let me talk about Schematic from from the top. If you think about our uh, our company, we are technology, creative, user experience, and strategy. Those are really the cornerstones of what we do. And it's interesting that you bring up campaigns because one big change that we've seen in the last several years especially is that interactive, whether it be on television, on the web, with the cell phone, is moving from being a support mechanism Right, a campaign for a traditional property to, in many cases, being the destination property itself. And that's that's been a big change. So when we take on an engagement, we put it through a, a long and complicated process that, uh, that I won't won't go into too much here, but it basically consists of learning as much as possible about that business so that we can figure out what are the right media that it should be displayed on, how? What kind of audience is that property going after? How do we bring people there? How do we keep people there? And how do we make sure that they have a great experience with with the property? And then most of all, how do we make sure that it provides a return on investment for our clients?
1: And uh, recently, Schematic was purchased by a big multinational organization. Uh, it's public, called WPP. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please?
0: Absolutely. WPP and Schematic concluded uh, the purchase in September of 2007, and this is something that we're incredibly excited about. Schematic was started we started in 1999, and we had been looking to figure out what the the right next step was for Schematic, and what WPP offered was, I think, a lot of mutually beneficial, a real mutually beneficial situation. For Schematic, the hope was that we would get a lot of great new opportunities with even more and even, even bigger clients. And for WPP, they have really been on the forefront of seeing how the, the overall digital landscape is taking a bigger and bigger part of, of all media, and they are continuing to invest in digital and look for best-of-breed companies. And their investments in Schematic, in 24 7 Real Media, in Blast Radius, just to name a couple, uh, in the last, oh, I say, I guess about six months, has really shown that they've got a commitment there. So, uh, about four months in, that relationship has really proven uh, to be everything that, that both sides wanted it to be.
1: Uh, you guys have, um, Schematic has morphed from a pure design agency into what I was calling a strategic content agency as well. Um, now that you're part of the WPP family, is, will that uh, stay the same, or will you start moving into more um, investing in ventures as an the organization uh, or you know, uh, developing things for new ventures? Because I believe it, you're also part of Group M, which is under the WPP umbrella.
0: Well, WPP, uh, Group M is part of WPP, but Schematic is, is not a part of, of Group M. Schematic is continuing to run independently. We are part of a, a, a group at WPP called WPP Digital. And we, of course, are the ownership is WPP, but as we um, have talked about a lot, what makes Schematic, uh, we think, a special place and a a place that's able to do some really groundbreaking work is the ability to be uh, quite independent. So at Schematic, it's very much been and will continue to be uh, business as usual. I think the, the big difference is we've been able to contribute and be part of some really important and, uh, and, and exciting new opportunities that WPP has brought us into and been able to pitch alongside and, and do work alongside of companies like Group M. But, uh, but we, are not, uh, we are not part of that um, organizationally.
1: Schematic has already been you know, working with some of the biggest MSOs and broadcasting companies around the world. So what kinds of other opportunities are coming up in the future? I mean, you've worked with ITV and CableVision. Uh, I think you did some time, work for Time Warner.
0: Uh, absolutely. Well, we are we're in a long term uh, strategic relationship with Comcast, which we're incredibly excited about. We we do work with Time Warner. Cablevision has been a long time and, and great client of ours. So uh, we we feel like we've done great work on the on the MSO side. Uh, two really exciting opportunities that. We've just been part of um, very early on was uh, helping with a big pitch that WPP did to AT&T, and there was some some good Wall Street Journal coverage of of our role in that in December, I believe, and helping win a, a big piece of agency business. And, and perhaps the, the the most notable is with Dell. Dell made a a really big move in December, moving from 800 different agencies to uh, to really one and, and chose WPP for all of its uh, all of its agency needs and schematic was uh, was a, a real contributor to that 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 pitch process and is is now beginning to to work with Dell and are really excited about that so you know the that's a great example of an opportunity that we probably wouldn't have been been a part of, and now we're able to, to hopefully play a big role. As that as that grows, it was a real watershed deal, as I say. Um, WPP was awarded a 4.5 billion dollar contract over three years from Dell, so obviously a, a significant piece of business.
1: I saw um, which, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, which we're excited to be a part of.
1: I'm curious. Uh, you know, Dell, of course, is the computer company, but you know, Schematic is well-known not only for web design and, you know, broadcast design, but you guys are well-known as interactive TV designers. Uh, I'm curious, you know, if Dell is interested in broadband TV, interactive TV in some way. Is this part of the, their picture in the future? Well,
0: Dell has a has a multi-layered strategy and is certainly looking at every every possible avenue. Uh, one area that they have spoken about quite publicly is uh, moving to more uh, being more involved in retail rather than uh, purely direct sales. Um, as far as anything else, I don't I don't want to speculate, but certainly I think schematics overall interface experience across a lot of media is something that was really interesting to Dell in addition, of course, to the many, many parts of WPP that just provide such an incredible set of opportunities for clients.
1: We're speaking to Andrew Solmson, who's the EVP at Schematic, the well-known design agency in Los Angeles, and I'm your host, Tracy Swedlow. Andrew, uh, tell me a little bit about the philosophy at Schematic. Uh, I think, you know, it's, um, other than sort of fresh design and powerful design, what, what has made Schematic such a leader in the industry uh, where, do, where does this fresh look come from?
0: Well, I think you're right. We, we do take the design at Schematic very seriously. Dale Herrickstad, our chief creative, creative officer, leads our design team, and Dale is an uh, amazing industry veteran across all interactive media. I think perhaps the, the the one thing that sets Schematic apart is our overall user experience, really, passion. And I think user experience is something that has come relatively recently to most companies as far as being something they feel is important for many many years we've seen consumer electronics products and interactive products that were driven by the of the ability to do something technologically rather than making something that consumers truly wanted to use and all of us have experiences with interfaces and systems that the more you use them, the easier they are to use, and they become intuitive, and they become simpler every time you use them. We've also all had the opposite experience, where something is just such a pain in the neck to use, and even though the results might be great, getting there is so hard that it it, it really turns you off from the experience. Well, Schematic, of course, always strives to, to do the former, and we spend a tremendous amount of time trying to figure out what is it that our users want, and we do that through research and through innovation in our, our overall process and interact interaction models so that we try to come up with new ways for people to access content. I think a great example of this is the work we did for ABC, for the ABC full episode player. That is a, a project that I think we're all still excited about even a couple of years after it, it launched. It was the first time that full episodes were ever put on on, tele, on, on the web. And for the first time, Consumers could, for free, see streaming full episodes of some of their favorite programs. And there are many things that make that project exciting. Um, The ad model is one, which we can perhaps talk about later. But I think the overall interface of that was a really theatrical, exciting interface that honored the content and was really different than what people had been used to seeing. When you look at something like a Google Video, which is a list of video links and then a little window to play them in, that's not really the way we associate uh, our entertainment. And if we're interactive to move away from being something that feels like an informational place to an entertainment place, it really is so much about an interface that's exciting, fun to use, and simple. Uh,
1: you know, what, else, what also makes that project exciting, of course, is um, the streaming technologies are, or, you know, the video delivery technologies are provided by New Move Network.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: They've done some incredible work. It looks crystal clear. I've seen it on the web. So I think you guys did a great job of, of working with them too. And could you describe the um, the interface a little bit? Or even I don't know if you know the URL. I can find it. But uh, sure. just ABC.
0: Well, the the, the easiest way to find it is to go to ABC.com. And click on full episodes. And you're right, mo- the the video delivery technologies are amazing. Flash has been improving every single year and is and is exceptional. Um, we've had great luck with Flash and and with Move Networks for for video delivery. I think that what makes the interface special is something that uh, Schematic looks for and whenever possible, which is it creates a little bit of a sense of place and a little bit of uh, there, as, as one moves from show to show or episode to episode and then makes a choice, you pull in a little bit closer and you kind of feel like you're a little bit part of the scenery and there's a very, uh, a very subdued background that as you're watching, the background dims back and it brings the content forward. There are also ways to watch so that you can have it full screen or at least very close to full screen, though, though the advertiser who sponsors the show is still represented. We even have a great thing that, that ABC developed um, that we created the interface for, which is their, the mini mode. So you can have a very small window that you can have in the corner of your desktop so you can be watching your favorite shows while you're working, uh, which uh, I'm sure you, know, you or I would never do, but I would not be, uh, be interested
1: nice Oh, yeah? <laughs> so I'm, I'm playing on multiple types of media at the same time. <laughs> it's kind of crazy.
0: No, it's great, and, 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 and we, we are a, a, a nation of multitaskers, a world of multitaskers, and, and that's a great way to be able to, to do a couple things at once.
1: And uh, I want to also discuss advertising, because I know that's a particular interest of yours, but are there any other projects you want to point out? There are so many that you did. For example, you guys were nominated for um, a technology Emmy, technology and uh, engineering Emmy, <coughs> for the Vongo project
0: absolutely i mean we we are so proud of uh, of all of our work we we certainly had a lot of success with uh, delivering video content and, and and content finding in interactive spaces stars vongo is is an incredibly exciting uh, platform that we worked with Stars to develop first a, a two-foot version and then a, a ten-foot version for the Microsoft Media Center, and we were uh, lucky enough to have both of those nominated for Emmys. Unfortunately, no, no, neither one, but it, you know, very exciting to have those nominations. I think last year we had three or four uh, Emmy nominations in that in that category. Vongo is great because it's a it's a really uh, it's an exceptional example of kind of what what new models are going to be for consumers. For the, it was the built on the
1: uh, the Media Center platform, Vista.
0: Correct. Um, Microsoft v- Media. Vongo was one of the was one of the four launch partners for Media Center Vista, and Media Center is really a, a, a great harbinger of the way that consumers are going to going to get their entertainment going forward. Where um, it may still feel like TV and that it's going to be on a big screen, you're going to be watching it from your couch, but you're going to be uh, in in the fullness of time more and more of our programming is going to be coming from something that's more like a computer. And you need need a simple interface to get to that, and you need to be able to have it navigate with content as you do in the Vongo application. We use some really interesting, almost real-world metaphors, whereas you're looking at a, a jacket art of different pieces of video, and if you see something you're interested in and select it, it just flips over in the same way you would in the video store, and on the back of it, you see all the details. Uh, we try to use some, some of those familiar real-world metaphors in an interactive space because it sometimes tends to make consumers feel a little bit more comfortable and make it a little easier for them to learn how to navigate it.
1: And d- yeah, it definitely has that sort of backwards and forwards motion that the Media Center um, you know, introduced to the world, and uh, it's a beautiful project We're, uh, Rebecca Lim from Stars, who's their Senior Director um, of Technology at Stars, is going to show it uh, at our conference, the TV of Tomorrow show.
0: Oh, fantastic! Well, Rebecca Lynn has been a real pleasure to work with, and, and has been a, a pioneer pushing forward in uh, in the industry for for a long time. And, and you're right. One thing that's really exciting about the Media Center for those who are a familiar with the technology is, whenever you're able to do something that is um, really more directly on the operating system rather than uh, just on the web, you're able to harness more power of the of the computer computer you're using. And that certainly allows you to do things in Media Center that, at least today, you can't do on the web. Um, And it allows you to to develop richer experiences. There's always a continuum um, where you can say, well, do you want to have something that's installed and runs from the desktop? Do you want to have something that only runs in a web browser? Do you want to have something like Mongo that's a hybrid of those two things? And obviously, for each project, you have to evaluate your audience and their behavior and what you want the interface to do and how you want to display the content and decide what the right choice is.
1: Well, let's move into advertising because I know that, like I said, that's a particular interest of yours. Uh, it sure is. Why? Why have you? Um, why? Why do you feel advertising is a great area for exploration and with design?
0: Well, with the number of interactive platforms that are continuing to proliferate, there is an incredible opportunity to really improve advertising across the board. I. Often think about the way interactive advertising works today, predominantly, and that is through through banner placements. And something I often like to ask people is, when's the last time you clicked on a banner? So I'll, I'll ask you, Tracy, when's the last time you clicked on a banner ad on a web page?
1: Mm, uh, checking out our my advertisers, whether it worked or not.
0: I'm not not sure that counts, but uh, but I'll but I'll take that as a as a fair answer.
1: I think, uh, I rare, think rarely, but once in a b- real blue moon, I will. Yeah. that's true. But I, I have clicked on ads now lately inside um, some video streaming experiences. But maybe I'm just curious about you know wh- where that technology is going. I don't know. Well, that, it's a very good that's, question.
0: And that's a great example of, of a placement that is that is that is different and is a little bit um, is a little bit further forward. So, if, if you you know take take the premise that a lot of the traditional banner advertising is is um, is not quite as successful as, as one would like it to be, and then you think about well how how can we harness the power of the content that we have in interactive media to do that more effectively? And when schematic, um, we've we've done a lot of uh, thinking and and kind of white papers and presentations. On this, and of course, we also bring it to bear with our with our clients. And when we think about what an interactive ad unit should be, ideally, it should have five uh, five aspects to it. Number one, it, it should be targeted. Something that is done so well in interactive media is being able to either kind of covertly, by knowing by, by seeing what people have done, uh, know or or intuit what they might want. Or overtly, being able to ask them, what, what what are you interested in? Where where do your interests lie? And then serve them ads effectively. So that's, that's targeting, and that's something that you, you, know, you can't do with a billboard, you can't do with a, with a bus shelter, and you, and you can't do on, on TV very effectively, but you can do in interactive media. The second one is immersive. Again, I see a magazine ad that I'm really, really excited about in a magazine that I'm reading. Um, well, I can't do much to find out more about that product that is in the advertisement right there, except, of course, go to the web. And, and that requires me to put the magazine down, go to my computer, go to my BlackBerry, and, and, and go to it. With interactive media, if you, see an av- if you have an advertisement that allows you to learn more right there in the ad, you can really have a deep and, and rich experience with a brand without ever leaving the content that you're in. We can talk about a couple of examples of that in a second. And then another is, is narrative. And People like to talk about the 30-second spot as something that is gone or dead. But the reason that the 30-second spot has been around as long as it has and been as successful as it has is that there's a really great narrative element. You can tell a story in a 30-second spot. So we by no means want to see video storytelling and advertising go away. We just want that to be the lead-in for more. Of course it does have to be interactive. You can uh, do a lot more by giving people some choices because it lets them self-select and decide what what they're interested in. If you show someone three cars, uh, an SUV and a sedan and a convertible, well they can pick the one that they're interested in and then learn more about that. Um, yeah, but are you
1: know, storytelling and advertising uh, right, you know, today, I, you know, I still don't see any interesting explorations where the advertisers are taking an opportunity to build um, you know, a story in their ad. It's usually, let's explore what this car looks like. I, I, I almost want to delve into the world of, of of the ad itself. Is there a like a treasure hunt? Or, you know, is there something that will make me want to follow that ad and telescope, you know, to use interactive TV technology to the next screen? And they certainly haven't really explored the DVR platform uh, very much. And the DVR technology still is evolving. So do you have any thoughts on, on, absolutely. On
0: all of those things. I think I think for 10 foot, you're absolutely right. There has been really precious little of this for for 10 foot um, at all. There are a few bits and pieces. TiVo is a, is is one notable example of a of a company that says while you're watching this, hey, get more information. And you know, it, unfortunately, it's less telescoping in than than it is jumping out to to something totally unrelated to the ad. And yes, you can get more information, but it's kind of broken that paradigm. I agree with you. I think some of the more successful examples of delving into that world, um, I'll give you one that's a, an, an oldie but a goodie, which is BMW Films. Um, mm-hmm. A truly narrative example, not a particularly interactive piece, but something that was done that really built a story around the product rather than trying to just tell the story of the product. I think if you, uh, if you look at, to me, the best example – of how all of these can be brought together today. And it's it is by no means perfect, but it's it's something that I think does does the best job. This is what we worked with ABC to develop for the ABC full episode player. And I'm I'm delighted to see NBC having taken on the same um, the same model for their full episode player. And that is at the traditional ad breaks in the show, right, where the, the audience is expecting to have a uh, have a break, and there's a, a kind of a, a dramatic or comedic uh, natural break, giving the advertiser a space and saying to the consumer, okay, well, you're trapped here. Right? You have to be here for at least 30 seconds. And if after that 30 seconds you want to go back to the program, great, you can go back to the program. But if if you see something you like and you want to stick around, well, you can spend as much time here as you want. And there's some really... How, how
1: simple- are you able to spend some time?
0: Well, so there's some really simple examples, and one one that I I really liked in the first flight that we did with the ABC full episode player was um, doing a two and a half minute trailer for for a film. So after 30 seconds, the consumer could have just gone back to the, uh, the the show, but they were watching this incredibly compelling trailer. At the time, it was for the film Cars, and it was a two and a half minute trailer, and an overwhelming majority of people stayed through the entire trailer. At the time, it was new. It was exciting. It looked beautiful. It was on a great background that was themed for cars. And they and they watched the whole two-and-a-half-minute trailer. Now, that's a great start. And, and again, you're only kind of paying for 30 seconds, but you're getting two-and-a-half minutes of, of brand interaction. That's a great deal for the advertiser. It's a great deal for the content owner because they get to sell it at a higher rate because of that, in, that engagement. And it's great for the consumer because the consumer is clearly seeing something that they like. You take it to the next step, and you start to be able to really interact with that world. And there's some great examples. Um, There's a Florida Citrus campaign that had a bunch of games that you'd play. And they were quizzes about the, the, the juice and how healthy it is for you, or a maze that you go through, just little, simple, very casual, fun games that just kept people occupied and gave people a brand experience. Was we that, did an. Ex- uh, was that
1: sorry, on a website or no? It's okay. Was that That was that, that.
0: was one of the units from the ABC full episode player,
1: okay. and these
0: really end up being almost like mini sites within the the player itself. So you never you're never leaving the content, but you're getting this kind of uh, this kind of engagement. Are
1: these uh, games of, playing in the Flash player
0: and? Yes, what in, indeed. The, so what happens is, the advertiser takes over the basically the entire screen. There's a, a container that. It goes over everything, and that is the advertiser's space. And the advertiser and their agency is then able to do whatever they want, and they know that you're going to have them for a guarantee 30 seconds. But if you can give them enough interesting, compelling content, someone might have a one, two, three, 10 three, ten-minute experience with your brand before, before saying, that was really interesting, and going back into the content. And that's really substantial.
1: How do they tell the difference between the, when the 30-second commercial is over and when they move into the, you know, the, the, the larger experience?
0: Well, you can move into the larger experience at any time. Um, with, the, with the best of these interactive ads, there are uh, the, interface elements so that right as soon as it loads, you could say, you know, learn more or check, check something else out or watch a different video or um, what have you. And there's a very obvious uh, there's a countdown timer that counts from 30 seconds down to zero and a little obvious flash that says you know, a click to continue your show to, to to show you that at any time you can go back to your show. You know? But in the example of some work that we did for Nissan for the ABC player, we did these
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com.
0: Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus.
1: Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh,
0: really immersive car ads for the Nissan Sentra. And it was following up on their campaign, which was You Can Almost Live In It, where they had a guy live in the car for a week. <laughs> and... We had 3D models of the car and you could go inside the car and you could get details on all of the specs and you could watch all these different videos and there were little Easter eggs and you could go and print out mirror hang tags and all of this fun stuff to do. And suddenly, if you know, maybe you're not thinking about buying a car. Well, you just go continue the show. If I'm considering a car, or maybe I'm considering this car. I spend all this time with it. You could even take it to the next level and put the car configurator right there in the interactive ad unit there, there, there's no need to ever leave the content, and it's a great feeling that the, the consumer knows at any time, well, I can just continue the show whenever I want, but I'm just going to spend another, another half a minute minute playing with this, uh, playing with this product because it's kind of interesting to me. And again, everybody wins. The content owner wins, the advertiser wins, and the consumer wins. And it certainly beats a unit that nobody really is very excited about, nobody cares about, and nobody does anything with
1: do you have any uh, statistics you can share about like, you know, like what percentage of the audience did pursue the longer experience?
0: Sure. Well, the, the most compelling statistic, and of course this data is, is ABC, so I, uh, I can't share anything beyond what they've shared publicly. I think the most compelling statistic is in the research that was, independent research that they had done, the recall rate for these interactive ads was 87% compared to a traditional TV ad recall rate of 18%. And that's based on a lot of things. It's based on the fact that there's a single sponsor for shows, so you really kind of have it drummed into your head that this is being sponsored by Nissan or whomever it is. Mm -hmm. Of course, you do tend to get a little bit of a bump when something is new because it's different and consumers pay attention to it. But most of all, it found that people liked being able to choose whether they wanted to interact with it or not.
1: Do you know anything about the business model? Uh, you mentioned earlier that the the, the um, agency, I mean the uh, the advertiser, is responsible for the first thirty seconds. But if they are offering this larger experience, are they having to pay for that? Uh, or how much are they having to pay? Do you know anything about that?
0: Well, the advertiser is responsible for really whatever they want to create. So, if an advertiser just says, "Here's a thirty-second spot," well, of course, they're never going to get more than thirty seconds. So it is the advertiser who really creates the immersive experience that consumers can spend a lot of time in. Um, as, as far as I understand, the anything that the consumer wants to do beyond that 30 seconds, well, that, that's a value add. So it is really on the advertiser to say, hey, how can I maximize this space? I've got an opportunity here to, to, to do... What I've always said I wanted to do on TV, and we've never, frankly, you know, never been able to do, which is um, take the space over, do anything you want. Really, the gloves are off. There are no file size limitations. You, know, you can make it as, as, uh, as, as, as immersive and as big as you want it to be. Um, and, and if you get a lot of extra value out of that, well, great. That, maybe that means that the content owner can raise their rates next time, or maybe it just means that you'll be a more loyal customer.
1: But you don't know per se what what they're paying. What these advertise. I mean, that's a private deal between the advertiser and and uh, the networks. But I'm
0: yeah. To... I, I I mean, I I do know what they're paying. I'm I'm not sure what's been uh, what's been put out publicly. Um, although I do think there has been some uh, some public, um, uh, at least for ABC. I know there have been some news reports, but I can't quote them off the top of my head. So uh, so I I, I wouldn't want to do that um, without uh, without having that data in front of me.
1: Can you say? The percentage of people, I mean, uh, how many of your clients that you've worked with, the advertising agencies, uh, putting ads on this um, full episode player, how many of them have developed longer format experiences? What percentage?
0: Well, I would say most. I think in the first flight, we probably had about half who just said, here's a 30-second spot. And I'll tell you, ABC and, and I think the other networks have, as well who have moved to this model, have done a great job of 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 educating the advertisers to say, if you only give them, give us a thirty second spot, we promise they'll only be here for thirty seconds. But if you can give us even uh, a bunch of different spots, so that at least they can watch you know a few different videos about your product, or better yet, some more immersive uh, interaction, it's going to be better. Uh, what I've seen, and of course, you know this is this is between ABC and, and their and their advertisers but I've seen more and more that have a true level of interactivity, both on the ABC player and on the NBC player when they launch with this uh, similar model in September.
1: Again, we're speaking to Andrew Solmson, who's the Executive Vice President at Schematic, and uh, we're talking about interactive advertising of all kinds. I'm your host, Tracy Swedlow, from Interactive TV Today. Andrew, uh, what other kinds of projects are you working on, uh, can you say? I mean, I know, for example, that you guys set up a, a research uh, office in New York with Ball State University. I'm kind of curious what you guys are working on there.
0: Sure. You're analyzing well, uh, how
1: people watch ads, how they interact with ads. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. Oh, Schematica has had a, a New York office since 2004, and, and we have a, a quite a substantial office there. I'm, I think it's uh, 70 or 80 people at this point. And... Something that we have added to our New York office uh, and launched about four months ago, I believe, is the Media Insight Center. And as you say, the Media Insight Center is a joint venture between Schematic and Ball State University. And what it is is a,
1: a Which very is in Indiana, uh, Indiana, in, the in, center in, of all entertainment and design. Uh,
0: well, you know, that it's is interesting. interesting. Interesting thing about Muncie, Indiana. So there are now three places that you can work with the Media Insight Center. One is in Muncie at Ball State. One is in Indianapolis. And the third is in the schematic offices in New York. Indiana is a, is a great place for testing because... It, um, it, it is a representation of something that advertising and, and research firms do, often don't do enough of, which is um, the middle of the country. It, it's easy to say, well, with L.A. and, and New York being uh, media capitals, well, let's test everything there. But that's not the way everybody uh, thinks and the way everybody consumes. So, I think it's really important to have a have a mix of different locales and um, you know more urban versus more rural. But what these centers all do is they use laser eye tracking. And laser eye tracking has been around for two-foot applications for some time, but it is, in, uh, to my knowledge in the U.S., it is the only place that you can do 10-foot laser eye tracking. And what's so exciting about laser eye tracking is we, we love getting uh, direct response from, from our, uh, our research subjects when, when consumers are coming in and looking at things well, tell us what you see, what's the first thing you're looking at, where does your eye go, what attracts you, what do you like about this, what don't you. We also like to get that more empirical data that, well, you might think that your eye first went to the logo, but actually your eye first went to the ad, um, and that's what laser eye tracking gives us. Um, it's, a, it's an incredibly sophisticated system that we've used for a number of our clients to test products and, 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 in most cases, have adjusted the interfaces after those testing to try to put the most important elements, whatever they may be for that product, um, in a place where the consumer is, is looking at them first or looking at them most.
1: Can you talk about the, the ads or, you know, the content projects that you are working on uh, at that institute in your offices in New York?
0: At At this point um everything that is being developed uh, with the media inside Center is still under wraps um We have uh worked with a number of our clients there, but the projects that we're that we're testing at this point are, are not yet uh not yet out on the market. We had a few a couple of them were uh, demoed in some private suites at c e s but uh but not yet ready for the for the floor
1: Maybe we can discuss these at our show
0: looking forward to it
1: okay uh Well, you know, I'm curious, what have you learned? Can you extract some of the observations? Uh, What have you learned about interactive advertising? Where are people looking today? Are they looking inside the video frame? Do they want to click with those, uh, you know, some of these new overlay technologies? Or are they they looking to banners? Do they see the banners first? Do they go to the content first? What are you learning?
0: Well, we've learned that uh, the consumer has an incredibly sophisticated banner blindness mechanism. The, the p- people's banner, ability,
1: blindness.
0: banner blindness mm-hmm. people's ability to screen out a leaderboard at the top of the page or a uh, you know a, a big skyscraper on the right of the page is pretty exceptional um, uh, Unfortunately for the advertiser in many cases we we've just learned to to not look at that stuff um, and and I think you, you've seen a real change in in the spend into not only more digital dollars, which of course we've seen across the board and, and is very exciting, but for more interactive and rich media uh, digital dollars. The the one thing to take away is video really is king here. Video is incredibly exciting for the consumer. Obviously, um, we, we've all learned in the last few years that the While high-quality video is in demand, high-quality video is not the only thing that's in demand. As we see, uh, millions and millions of uh, YouTube and other user-generated pieces that are are certainly not uh, not what we call well-shot, but they're very, very popular. And it's that it's that moving image that really makes a difference. And so, yes, it's um, the most successful uh, advertisements are not adjacent to the content, right? The way the web has traditionally been but more interstitial to the content. So if you think about television, television has traditionally been almost entirely interstitial. You're watching the program, and then you're watching the ad, and the ad takes up the entire frame. Now that is changing somewhat, right? We're starting to see lower third advertisements. Obviously for a long time we've seen lower third promotion, but mostly it's interstitial. Conversely, the web has traditionally been a medium of adjacent advertising banners next to the content right think about a newspaper it's a very you know very easy way to think about it uh, and and has been less interstitial more and more we're starting to see successful advertising and also advertising that is a lot more uh, more expensive right a higher higher value advertising that is is interstitial that uh, replaces the content and it it uh it's, it's kind of interesting to see how that has changed, TV becoming a little bit more adjacent, the web becoming quite a bit more interstitial in, uh, in its video properties.
1: We interviewed recently uh, Kristen Ferguson from Maven. Uh, you know, they, they've, um, they've initiated the interactive advertising uh, standards group that's you know, working on you know, developing new formats. Are you aware of that? Are you guys part of that?
0: Um, we uh, I don't believe we're part of the group, although we we are aware of it we're We're really excited about um, a- anybody trying to codify some standards around this um, it It has been a bit of a bit of a wild west in the last couple of years and groups like maven groups like Black Arrow oh, there are a lot of people trying to figure out what what are the standard units and what are the uh, standard delivery mechanisms. That's certainly something that we we do get involved in. Um, although, you know, I, I would not say that uh, that I've seen a, a particularly cohesive uh, body that that I think is really moving towards towards standards. I'm not sure where that's going to come from. I think it could come from the content owners. If, for instance, all the networks got together, um, I think it's harder for it to be done by an, an agency or a, or, a, or a product uh, creator. But again, we'll, we'll just have to see.
1: If anyone's curious uh, and wants to listen to Chris, Kristen's uh, discussion about the Interactive Advertising Forum, uh, you can go to our page for all of these radio shows, uh, which is www.blogtalkradio.com slash ITVT hyphen TV of Tomorrow. She actually goes into, um, in great detail, you know, some of the ad formats they're looking at, some of the innovations that they hope to uh, bring to the market, so if you're curious. But back to... Um, what you guys are doing at Schematic, I know you know Schematic is well known as a, a real innovator, and I'm curious if you guys are experimenting with new ideas about interactive advertising. You know, sort of pie in the sky projects, things that may never see the light of the day.
0: Sure, I mean there, there are, we do a tremendous amount of R and D. Um, we've been working for a number of years with both both independently and with clients on things like gestural remotes, right? Being able to uh, more easily um, pick up. Particular place on the screen, which is a great thing if you want to advertise, uh, I- interact more deeply with advertisements. We have a group here who have have wired up the, the Nintendo Wii remotes or Wii um, to be uh, an, an interface device, so that you can, you know, once again, kind of more easily marry being on the couch with with interaction. Because of course, that that's always a big uh, a big question: is people don't want to sit on the couch with a keyboard and a mouse. Um, but we do want to have a, a, a rich layer of interactivity, and so I think for the networks, for the telcos, for the cable companies, for the satellite companies across the board, they all have to figure out how to solve that and We have a lot of pretty pretty interesting uh, interesting concepts that we 've uh, that we 've played with and developed, and as I say, some of them are for our clients, and some of them are things that we 've just developed internally um, we 're seeing uh, we 're seeing a real a real merge of the two things that you need to have innovation. One is better technology, and the other is changes in consumer behavior. So, if you, uh, the, the technology with Ajax and Flash and uh, Silverlight and, um, and Move Networks and the like is, is exceptional, but without the consumer behavior changing, it's very hard for those to really catch on. And I'll tell you, I think the one device that in the last year has made the biggest difference is the iPhone. Um, the iPhone has made everybody, both iPhone owners and non-iPhone owners, understand the concept of touchscreen devices. And for us, I mean, we launched in 2005 the Accenture Interactive Network, which is their um, large interactive airport ki- uh, kiosk, a 10-foot by 6-foot screen, mm-hmm. um, that... When we first launched, people were afraid to touch them, right? And, that, and that's a great example of a really uh, new and different advertising model. You can think of it as the world's fanciest billboard. But when they first went out, people didn't, weren't used to touching things and being able to get reactions because there just weren't very many touch interfaces out there. In the last well, you're, year, you're, there's seen,
1: always this, you know, don't touch my screen, you know. Right. Uh, everyone's like warning you, don't, don't dirty up my screen.
0: That's right. And in the airport, especially, you're not supposed to touch anything, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we, we've seen in our research in the last year, now people say, Oh, well, can you touch it? What, what if I just touch this and slid it over? You see something like Microsoft Surface, which Bill Gates uh, uh, long, um, first put out in the middle of last year. We have a Surface table here in the Los Angeles office of schematic. And that's something where uh, more and more people are going to be sitting down at tables and that those tables are going to be uh, digital screens that they can touch and move things around and, and, and make choices right then and there. So um, I really give Apple a lot of credit for, for moving consumer behavior into kind of, it, it's okay to touch things, it's okay to move things around. Um, and I think that opens up a lot of doors because it's a much more natural way of interacting than with something like a keyboard or a remote or a mouse.
1: Actually, it's interesting that you bring all that up. Um, because I know, you know, that Dale, your executive creative director at Schematic, came up with the idea for the um, Tom Cruise moving the screens around in the Mission Impossible movie.
0: Uh, minority Report.
1: Minority well, Minority Report. Sorry, uh, and I, I remember seeing that, not knowing that Dale was involved in that, I'm thinking, you know, this is fantastic. And of course, it's it's gained a lot of, I guess, you know, a, a cult following. And now, of course, you're seeing the rise of all of these interactive, huge format screens, uh, video walls, and I know that Dale is particularly interested in that. It sounds like you guys are working on some of those things, um, and there was an article recently in the uh, San Francisco Chronicle all about uh, some of these screens. They mentioned Minority Report, but did not mention that Schematic was involved, um, and there's some other companies, though, that are experimenting with that technology, and you know, I'm curious about that and interactive advertising and interactive sure. content and design. Uh,
0: well, it, it, it's amazing. It's really funny you say that, Tracy, because it's amazing how much minority re- report comes up for, for in kind of two main ways. One is with targeted advertising, right? And you, you know, you walk into the gap. Uh, oh, uh, hello, Mr. Sompse. Would you like another pair of size 34 jeans? I know you got another pair six months ago, and maybe it's time for a new one, right? Uh, which I don't think anybody particularly wants, um, but, but, uh, but more and more websites are able to do that in a less intrusive and a more subtle way. Um, so people always talk about minority reports for the, for the kind of targeting piece, and then of course the other is yeah the, the interfaces and um, you know that is something that Dale was was brought in to, to conceptualize and um, we are certainly seeing uh, more and more of that and what 's so interesting is many of the The so-called touchscreens that we see, and and Microsoft Surface is an example of this, are not actually touchscreens. They're actually camera-based devices, right? So rather than the screen itself, it is the camera tracking your interactions. And what's funny about that is you can, depending on how you set those cameras, you can make it so that it is gestural in the way that Tom Cruise gestures. He doesn't touch a screen. He moves things around kind of in the air, Um, that's something that really can be done with today's technology. Again, I would say that's something that the consumers are probably not ready for from a behavior standpoint, but I think it's certainly something that we're going to see coming soon. At CES, Toshiba had a a, a highly experimental technology where there was a camera on you while you were watching TV, and if you put up your hand, kind of like you were telling somebody, you know, halt, um, it would pause it. And if you put it up again, it would play it. And if you moved your thumb around, it would act like a cursor. And if you popped your thumb, gave it a thumbs up, That was like hitting a mouse button. Um, Those kind of natural interfaces are going to be, we're going to be seeing more and more of those. Uh, Right now they're a little clunky, but they're going to get really good, and they're going to really change the way we interact with our content.
1: And, of course, you know, um, everyone is excited about the Wii because it does that, but you're still holding a device. Uh, Do you think Nintendo will be uh, leading the way to do sort of a touchless interaction?
0: Boy, it, it, it's 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 certainly tough to say. I mean, we we've seen the the big game platforms do a lot of leapfrogging of one of one another in the last couple of years. I mean, certainly nobody, I don't think, anticipated uh, what what the, the kind of Wii PS3 uh, relationship was going to look like uh, a couple years ago. I think Nintendo will be out there. We also saw a lot, uh, some other great great companies doing stuff again at CES where. Um, it was like the Wii, but there actually wasn 't any device at all it was uh, There was a boxing game where it just had camera capture, and when you punched, it punched um, and you didn 't need to be holding uh, holding a thing so that 's that 's certainly coming and as I say getting getting better and better and what 's interesting when you think about our our ten foot interfaces, we are getting more and more content to choose from um, Comcast, one of our clients um, recently had, a, had a, a, great, uh, a great presentation at CES, Brian Roberts' keynote, which is the first time a cable company has ever had a keynote at CES. And um, Brian said a lot of really really valuable uh, and, and, and insightful things about what Comcast was going to bring in the future. But the thing that he rolled out that was really interesting from an interface perspective is they, what they call or they called Project Infinity. And that's the idea that basically any content you want, any time, is going to be available to you. And that's an incredibly exciting proposition from the consumer standpoint. I think it's also kind of terrifying for people who already feel like they have a hard time navigating the, you know, two or three or four or 800 channels that they have. And what happens when on-demand becomes almost limitless? Well, what we're going to need is we're going to need both a lot of great interfaces and also a lot of great devices to access those interfaces.
1: Well, I mean, we are definitely going to be talking about the Wii and the interactive video walls, you know, touching interactive video walls or even touchless, but we're also going to be talking at our conference coming up in March, the TV of Tomorrow show, 3D. And I'm curious if Schematic is exploring that idea. You know, 3D on a screen, interactive navigation interfaces using 3D or even 3D projection off a screen or in space. I mean, we're really speaking about the future here, although 3D TV is certainly... Uh, being launched into the market now, with you know now that we're seeing a lot of uh, interest in 3D filmmaking. Uh, I'm curious if Schematic has uh, thought about you know 3D in terms of content and navigation. I mean, we, con- navigating content as well as interactive advertising.
0: Sure. I mean, we we really feel like we try to think about every possibility when when it comes to someone navigating content, and I think the key is. Doing 3D for the sake of doing 3D is not particularly interesting to, to me or to, to anybody. I think it's schematic, and oftentimes th- those things tend to feel a little forced, right? That being said, there are uh, you know, pl- plenty of, uh, of situations where you could imagine something that gave you uh, uh, either a, a true 3D or kind of a 2.5D a kind of z-axis that would make it much, much easier to delve deeper into layers of content. So I think, you know, it's, it's always important to remember that what the consumer wants is simplicity, right? There are a lot of people who I think deep down in their hearts, they long for, for three networks to watch on TV with no interactivity because it just made it easier. Now, that's not going to happen, and, and we all want to be able to, to get to the many, many things that are out there, but we have to make it simple. So um, I, uh, we're going to continue to experiment with everything that we see out there in the world, but we're also going to make sure that we don't develop an overly complex interface just to take advantage of some exciting new technology
1: it just seems that uh, you know design is becoming um, be more and more important in the way we experience our media it's not just you know producing a good show it's going to be navigating that show and that's right not only design but also navigating the content you know we're also curious about Multi-platform campaigns, we're going to be introducing uh, the subject of alternate reality gaming at our show, TV of Tomorrow show, where you're dealing with not only a video, but a website and, uh, you know, a location and signage, and, you know, I mean, where, you know, a design firm would have to get involved from, you know, every aspect. It, it would require a design campaign extension uh, campaign to rival, you know, any, you know, average... Uh, um, advertising campaign out there, something that would uh, would ask people to go out to the corner and do something. Anyway, I'll stop there, but I'm curious if you guys have explored uh, alternate reality gaming and where do designers uh, get involved with that kind of thing. I mean, Cloverfield is a perfect example of alternate reality gaming. Uh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, well so I think you, know, you you bring up a lot of key points. Well, first of all, um, we're seeing more and more uh, media coverage describing that you, you can't effectively have a property Without supporting that property with a lot of other media, right? And and I think it's it's pretty foolhardy to go out into the landscape today and say, sure, we're we're just going to put the show on on TV or we're just going to put the website up, and and people will find us because I think there's a little bit too much out there, and the the most uh, successful things that we're seeing these days, they do have um, multiple layers of uh, campaigns or des- destinations on different media around them. Again, that's why we're seeing the the agency h- holding companies like WPP um, really investing in digital, and I think they're they're going to continue to invest in digital, and we're going to see a lot more growth and and, and as more of that traditional uh, uh, kind of those traditional dollars move to digital. So. Um,
1: but it'll be interesting, I think, to see how schematic not only as a design agency, but as a strategic, you know, content company, where you guys are helping, uh, you know, uh, producers or broadcasters, you know, develop a whole campaign around their content. How you guys become content producers yourselves by creating the experience, whether it's on a poster, or you know, maybe a phone call, or, or you know, in a 3D TV exploration or interactive television application. I, I, I'm assuming that the design firm will become much more involved in becoming the content creator because content will become experiential rather than just something that you watch.
0: Well, you're right. Or and even I simply think,
1: interact with, you know.
0: That's okay. right. And, and, I, and I think that when, you know, that's why we, we never would talk about schematicas as just design because, it is it, You need the design, the user experience, the technology, and the strategy, right? All of those components have to be working really tightly together um, w- without, you know, if one of them falls down, well, the whole thing just falls apart, right? And you can kind of, you know, quite easily imagine how something that looks great that is hard to use or something that doesn't work when you click the button because the technology is not there or something that is really great except for nobody wants to use it because there, there wasn't sound strategy behind it, etc., um, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, you got to have all of those pieces knitted together, and of course, you're right. Um, the you're you're seeing traditional agencies retool so that they have the ability to do more and more of these um, these campaigns, and, and and then you're also seeing uh, an agency like a schematic be be perhaps in a bit more demand because um, you know we we may be a little bit uh, a little bit more set up for those multi-platform opportunities.
1: All right, we actually only have about a minute and a half left, so is there anything else that you would like to, to say about what Schematic is up to? And I'm going to play a little special piece of music while you talk, and then uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Uh, by the way, next Thursday, this Thursday we're having our end-of-the-month wrap-up panel, again with uh, all sorts of executives talking about the latest important news stories of the last month.
0: Well, we're really excited about the TV of tomorrow show. Um, I'm going to be there as are a couple of my colleagues, including Dale Herrickstad, who you mentioned, and we're really looking forward to, to some spirited discussion. And there's a, there are just more and more great technologies coming forward and more and more great applications for them, and we just can't wait to see what the future brings and uh, can't wait to show you all of the many things that we're working on but currently have under wraps.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much, Andrew. I really appreciate it. We've been speaking to Andrew Solmson, Executive Vice President of Schematic in Los Angeles, and uh, now uh, a member of the WPP family of companies. Thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you March 11th and 12th in San Francisco.
0: Thank you, Tracy. Nobody can do it like McDonald's can. That's a strong statement, but one that's believable. And the best evidence of that is your dedication to Q S C V, quality, service, cleanliness, and value. Things that have kept people coming back to America's favorite restaurant for almost 25 years. Nobody can do it like McDonald's can. Quality, Quality, service, cleanliness, and value.
1: Quality, service, cleanliness, and value. Quality, service, cleanliness, and value. Quality, service, cleanliness, and value. Quality, service, cleanliness, and
0: value. Quality. Quality service, friendly staff. Quality service, friendly staff. Nobody can do it like McDonald's can. Quality.